Hafadeh, and this is the KUM Podcast Network. Welcome to Conscious Living with Claire Calvo, where we show you how to live a happy and healthy island life. Thanks so much for downloading us. And now, here's Claire. Hafadeh, namaste. I'm Claire Calvo, and this is Conscious Living. Today, I have someone back, actually, first time for the podcast, but he's been on um, the Daily Renewal a few times. He is a clinical psychologist, and we're going to discuss today stress and how stress affects our overall well-being, mentally, emotionally, physically. I have Dr. Juan Rapatas in the studio. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Rapatas. So um, we actually had another really uh, interesting topic a couple of weeks ago, but it was flagged inappropriate so we're, we, we we kind of broadened our topic this yes. this week we'll try to stay appropriate yeah <laughs> now people are like what is she talking about That's well okay. i mean but i i think we could say that that what we were discussing kind of falls into this bigger yes. arena it's all of, related yeah of mental health mental emotional health and how stress plays a critical role Mm -hmm. Um, I mean you know we're holistic beings so obviously it's going to uh, affect stress is going to affect us in more than just one way right you know Mm -hmm. they say stress is the root of um, most diseases and by saying that obviously they don't just mean physical health so can you just share you know you've been in the practice for how long gosh uh, maybe 20 or about 20 years plus yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, somewhere between 20 and 25 years, yeah. And I know we spoke... So old. <laughs> <laughs> I started when I was 15 years old. <laughs> Not really. But, anyway, but being in this field, um, I'm sure you've seen a, a whole range, obviously, of, of stressors uh, yeah. in life. Actually, um, <clears throat> I went to my doctor recently, and uh, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, you know, l- losing weight and and trying to get healthier. And uh, what's often the case for people like me, uh, we don't, we don't um, take care of our stress because of what we hear every day in our uh, practice is very stressful. Yeah. We listen to all the uh, dis- disturbing details of people's um, um, past, which usually usually filled with trauma yeah. and um, uh, sadness, disappointment, uh, uh, suicides, um, uh, violence, drugs, drug abuse. Um, <clears throat> someone asked me just recently, he goes, how do you even get over that? How do you process it? And I just realized, talking with uh, my, my doctor who was um, trying to decide what blood tests and things to do, um, he, he, realized, he, says, he realized we should check your um, cortisol levels, which mm-hmm. is a stress hormone, mm-hmm. and come to find that my, my cortisol levels are really high. So that means, Shocking. yeah, well, and, and what it means was, and, and but it's also a weird, uh, the results was it's high, but then my body was trying to find a way to, to mitigate itself mm. um, uh, uh, because, uh, because what it was manifesting in it was uh, high blood pressure. Uh, right, so constant right. high blood pressure. Yeah. And I was really worried because, you know, at my age and, uh, um, you know, when you, do, you worry about blood pressure, uh, how it can, you know, cause to give you a stroke and a heart attack. Right, right. right. So, um, so he, he uh, gave me some, um, some um, supplements, minerals to uh, lower the cortisol levels. And um, I think uh, I was lagging in testosterone, cause mm-hmm. which just happens when you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, and testosterone is the one that, you know, gives you the muscle and the strength to, and the energy. Right. And you know, I had felt 
with the stress level of my job, it was um, affecting uh, my energy. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. that happens. It basically, basically, when, when they get older, hormone levels start to drop for a lot of things. So, um, <clears throat> so he gave me some things to uh, try to increase uh, that as well. So what I concluded was, and what we concluded was, it, it, I needed some help, mm-hmm. but that without his help, um, I, I wasn't. I wasn't doing terribly, but, but I wasn't doing good. In other words, my body was trying to compensate, compensate yeah. in some way. And the way I was compensating it was uh, through the mental, uh, my mental strength. So, for example, mm-hmm. I was thinking uh, more positively. I was uh, compartmentalizing all the, the traumas and all the stress. That it, and I just put it in a way, yeah. put it away yeah. and, and not, um, not even think about it um, and, and, uh, and, and focus on the positive things, not yeah. the good things. You know my kids' success and and uh, and the future. So so and, and I can do that. I guess partly because of my background mm-hmm. and and plus. So would you I, suggest that though? Because I mean, uh, as far as compartmentalizing, because I know men seem to have a better yeah. a better way of compartmentalizing than women do. I well, don't mean to make that stereotype or it, generalization. It, it is it is a stereotype, but it's but it but in my experience and all the you ask me how many years I've been doing this, that's I've seen that uh uh, and again, not an excuse for men to not be talkative and emotional to their <laughs> to their partner, but uh, <clears throat> uh, I think a lot of it, this idea that we can do that, is is, is evolutionary. Mm-hmm. So I, I tell this, always tell this story when I when I present stuff on stress and depression, mm-hmm. is that. Um, you know, think about the you know ten thousand years ago when when the men were uh, what the hunters, right? Mm-hmm. The women were the gatherers, right? Right. And what is what is what was the men's uh, the men's main job? Two main jobs is to hunt for uh, food mm-hmm. uh, and also to protect. Right. So if we're war, warring factions, warring tribes, uh, and there were a lot, uh, when one tribe wants to get all the stuff from the other tribe, they generally kill the the strong men. Right. So they right, would right. fight. Yeah. So. Um, it, it, it's probably better for a, a male of the species to not be very emotional when it comes to looking and fighting um, the wild boar and right. looking and fighting other people. So if you had, so if you had, if you had men uh, throughout the centuries who are like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I don't think we should deal with these guys. And analyze it's, it's, the it's probably a better. So I'd be the yeah. first one to be killed. My right. My, right. my genetic material won't pass. Yeah. Um, and so so uh, the male species learn to just kind of it's like. Mm. Just, just keep quiet yeah. because you have to really um, tread lightly and you, you don't show your emotions, especially to other men and, and those type of things. Now, recently there was actually um, this basketball uh, tournament. Yeah. It was New Zealand. Mm-hmm. New Zealand versus Guam. And I'm very curious, uh, right before the game, New Zealanders do the haka. Right. Now, that haka is a, is a warrior dance. And and the only emotion that comes from that is uh, when you watch that is like fear and like very aggressive. yeah very aggressive yeah, right yeah. right you don't you don't see something you don't them it's not very yeah they're not <laughs> fluid. fluid and they're not talking about love and stuff right, right. it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you up and I'm gonna kill you yeah. which is what they do to to intimidate the opponent the, and of course you know they knew the Guam people knew it was coming but it, but I was watching as a boy it looked like you know if you're really on Guam it's, just, it's almost like you say huh you want exactly it's like there was hanging hat to them right, so anyway right. puffing out their chest yeah, yeah yeah so so that's that that's that's evolution so yeah. so uh, as a the male species uh, to 
testosterone. Um, uh, we had learned to to keep silent, uh, hold your emotions in, and then and also socially as a boy. And I think I mentioned this last time. Socializing as a boy, mm. the old the famous saying, "Don't cry." Stop crying. What do you? What do you? Are you? Uh, are you a girl? Yeah. Right. Right. And we socialize boys slash teens to keep it all in. Yeah. Uh, whereas girls, we tell them to let it all out right, and express right. their emotions. But the dangerous thing is when you don't fall into that so easily, and then you know having that label put on you of like, oh, you're being, you know, whatever. Wimpy. Exactly. You're, okay, so so yeah. what happens is, and that, that becomes deleterious and destructive to, to men's health. Mm-hmm. So is it any wonder that men have the highest mortality rates? I think Seriously. women live longer, 8 to 10 years longer than mm-hmm. men uh, over the years. Uh, men have higher suicide rates, higher homicide rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have higher heart attacks, yeah. diabetes, all that stuff. So So we are not good. Uh, caretakers of ourselves, which is very interesting why actually married men live much longer than single men. As well as women, right? Uh, I I, I don't know. The the, the argument is about that about women because the reason why married men live longer because the women take care of them. And the, and, the, and the women say and the women outlive the men. Yeah, well, yeah. You should go yeah. to the doctor. Right. The, right. the women they they they, yeah. they they keep telling their husband to go to the doctor even though they want to. Gosh. Whereas the single man is like you know they'll just probably die alone in their apartment playing right. video games, watching you know, you know. Well, true story. Internet. Yeah, true of story. Stuff. My parents are eighty six, and my mom, I would say, for the past five years, is constantly. Dad needs to get checked for this. Dad needs all the focus has been on him, and it's like, okay, mom, now your turn. Even just something like taking your blood pressure, she's like, no, 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 no. She doesn't want to Isn't do that anything for herself. Yeah, yeah, it, it, th- that's what I'm saying. That that um, uh, it, it's good for a man to be married and or in a long term relationship yeah. because they do live longer. Uh, because we're terrible at taking care of ourselves, and there's no excuse of of us being quiet. You know, the quiet. Uh, uh, what do you call that? The mysterious man. That's that's, that's really. But I think now it's more more than talking about men and women it's more of just like feminine energy and masculine energy don't you think because i mean now i think it's becoming more accepted because it's people are feeling more comfortable just be authentic with what they resonate more Mm -hmm. with you Mm -hmm. know some people feel more masculine energy than feminine and and i think that too is also with with the labels you know like if you I, i remember hearing somewhere or reading somewhere when you um what is it? When you label me, you negate me. Okay. And it's kind of like, like even, you know, lately just seeing with the, the cyberbullying and things, so many kids go through, especially young kids, go through this depression and go through attempted suicides yeah. because of this, this cyberbullying and because of this identification of picking a label or labeling someone else, you know? Right. And I think that, uh, well... So, so that's a, probably a, a newer phenomenon-ish because of the internet mm-hmm. and the bullying. I think that, I, I think, however, knowing, okay, because I practice on Guam, yeah. there's still, and this may sound pejorative, but there's just a lot of guys who are still cavemen. Oh, yeah, yeah. The so mentality of just very much. Well, they're so. not even they're not even doing the internet. They have no idea what Twitter is. Oh, and I see. Okay. They really don't. And there's really only a small percentage of 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 people, except maybe the younger kids who are growing up, who really uh, get bullied on the internet. They're busy just 
bullying their families. <laughs> and, right, right. And, and, well, the and, thing and, is, bullies come at all ages, yeah, shapes, and sizes. Yeah, and they, and they and 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 it's part and parcel of of the the, the masculine energy, yeah. or just uh, kind of knowing uh, this is all I've known. And and I always try uh, when I talk to uh, men or groups of men regarding domestic violence and this aggressive family violence. I said, you know, that's you can't use that as an excuse anymore. Yeah. I mean, because because what we know is that there are alternative ways of dealing with things. So uh, you're basically choosing. Yeah. So he says, oh, this is older than you, and it's all that out the way I was raised. I said, and that may be true, mm-hmm. because a lot of their fathers and grandfathers were pretty old-fashioned. Yeah. You know, like your your dad and, right. and his dad. Uh, pretty pretty old-fashioned. Ending the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, but, but sadly, even our... Like our young men who who learn violence from their father and from, they they're also not enlightened. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not right. on the in, they're not yeah. um, they're going the way of, of not connect uh, not as connected. Yeah, right? to 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 um, the, the the better the newer uh, parts of life the the yeah. new man the the new way of of looking at they're kind of stuck. Yeah, and and. and they're very difficult to un- to make them unstuck because they're 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 stuck in the old ways and they and they just they can't learn new ways to uh, to relate to people and to you know to to uh, communicate and learn new things n- learn new ways to communicate and yeah. and be more um, enlightened. So I'm curious about that because I find by you know going through whether it's social media or just going through the internet okay. you know doing research and connecting with others there's a lot of healing like for me going you know whatever's traumas i've experienced i found that when you share your story it's healing for yourself yeah. but also connecting with others so they don't feel alone it brings you um, more, for me at least. It feels it feels therapeutic, and in talking to others, especially that's why they have these you know groups you know to, to share talking circles. Right, yeah. right. So like for someone who I guess is not, how how would you approach something like that if someone is not accustomed to or not really willing? Okay, so so there's two ways uh, to. Um, there are two real ways to to talk with a, a man. Mm-hmm. So aggressive man who is uh, engaged in family violence or drugs and alcohol um, and both both ways uh, are effective uh, and, and it's basically just your cliche counseling individual counseling mm-hmm. and then you get the group counseling where you're held accountable by right. other men okay so that I think they're both they both have good merits so in in a group like say if you have um, so so in my work uh, in, in in the courts so I'm seeing a lot of uh, I used to see a lot of uh, men who uh, were in trouble for family violence mm-hmm. and they need to go through a class in order to get their certificate and, and possibly get their their court uh, case uh, expunged or dismissed mm-hmm. so the idea would be you have 10 to 12 guys together you go through a uh, you know a, a rigorous program of anger management yeah. and emotions uh, uh, and all those things and 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 I've seen I've seen miracles like in 30 35 weeks so they have to come mm-hmm. you know they can't just like quit and then how, think how that many okay. sessions do they about 30 to 35 oh, wow. uh, uh, a week so uh, almost uh, two-thirds of a year or more wow. um, and if they're if and, and oftentimes uh, if they do stick with it and they take with it what they take mm-hmm. um, there, there is some fundamental change why because because consistency right? consistency is number one and then the actual sharing with other people and letting the secret out yeah. and then seeing other people say, oh my god that's the way I am yeah and how destructive I am 
and compare with other people. Right. So that's that that that's uh, been an effective way, I, mm-hmm. I think, uh, um, for uh, a lot of uh, men who've never heretofore never went to any type of counseling or yeah. anything because they're too proud or they didn't know or they couldn't afford it. And then individual counseling is also valuable mm-hmm. because because then um, uh, so the component of that is like so you're not shamed. Mm-hmm. So, so in a lot of the group things, not that you're shamed, but at least you're sharing. But at least with individual counseling, you're able to um, uh, make a relationship with a therapist. Right. And they trust. always say, trust, they always say that um, uh, the research shows that it's not the technique, it's not the ethnicity of the therapist, mm-hmm. it's not the type of therapy, it's the relationship of the therapist mm-hmm. that, that makes the success uh, that makes uh, success of uh, uh, people change. Yeah. So you have to have a relationship, a good relationship. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, if 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 a man who is troubled and who has trauma and and is violent and mm-hmm. drugs, um, if they're able to to let go and say their secret to to one person at least, yeah. to let it out. Very, very valuable. Yeah. I've actually, over the last few weeks, when I when I do some of my assessments, you can just see the person literally change from when they walk in, realizing that I'm actually pretty open and I'm actually not judgmental, mm-hmm. which, you know, 99% of the they meet are judgmental. Yeah. And I'm the one person. And then they're like, oh, my God, there's actually someone, one person in this whole world that's yeah. actually listening to my mm-hmm. story. And once the secret is out, then the healing begins. Right. right. So it's kind of cliche, but, you know, no, it's kind of like, it it's like what was that, um, uh, Goodwill Hunting? Uh, uh, Matt Damon goes, let the healing begin. Yeah. <laughs> Robin Williams was a therapist. Right, It's right. a good movie. Oh, my God. It's an excellent movie. How ironic is that? Well, he, he was trauma. See, yeah, Robin Williams. Well, who everybody loves. That's a very Who good brought movie. laughter into everyone's homes. Good segue, yeah. And he had. He committed suicide. He Because he was uh, bipolar. He had bipolar for um, decades. So he was uh, either under medication and or using self-medication. Mm-hmm. Cocaine, mm-hmm. alcohol. Uh, marijuana. Um, we talked about marijuana last time, right. but um, uh, and so what pushed him over the edge? Um, I think his depression actually caused an impulsive act, uh, a suicidal act, because what happened was he had been. Uh, this is just what I read on the. It's nothing like I. Mm-hmm. I just read it on the internet about uh, he had been diagnosed with an aggressive form of uh, Parkinson's disease. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That. He he, and, and then um, uh, so that's he, what triggered the depression. The, no, he had already. He's already depressed as, a, bi- as a bipolar. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it kind of um, he just he just envisioned him being um, uh, incapacitated, a burden to his family, etc., yeah. etc. Et and at one at, at at point, if it's aggressive, he end up uh, also having uh, dementia. So he wanted to take control and go out the way he wanted to go. But I think if he had, um, I, I think it's that typical man approach, even though Robert Williams is an enlightened person as anyone, you know, in the way he's very you know, liberal, uh, you know, open and honest, uh, even someone like him. Uh, you know, took the dark path, the chose the path uh, to he, what well, he thought at the time is unselfish. Yeah. Yeah, but it still ends up being a selfish act because you deny the the family about taking care of you and and you know, finding a dignified way to 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 leave this earth. Well, uh, on that note, because you know, that was for his some, choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but on the topic of suicide, for something that is so prevalent, you know, here on on, on not, is, not just yeah. on Guam but. Worldwide, it, yeah, it's, but here uh, we have a problem here. Yeah, 
Isn't it much? How I don't know the percentage. I, I don't but I know, know. It's much higher than. I think per capita we have a pretty high rate. So yeah. something like per one hundred people, hundred thousand people, our rates always been around thirty to thirty-five, and then like all over the world, all over like the in other nations, it's down. You know, it's less than thirty. It's like twenty or. Well, it says. Well, this is twenty. Per hundred thousand, yeah. Thirty-six point six per hundred thousand. Is that Guam? Guam. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the U.S. is thirteen point two. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So. For something that clearly is a top ten, you know, they're, they're, it's severe. It's it's a serious problem. Why do you think there's not the same amount? So this is about the same amount of people who have kidney issues, problems. That's what okay. it says. It has around the same amount um, of those who have uh, kidney disease. Okay. But so so see, kidney disease is super bad here. As right. Well. Yeah. But you see a lot more focus on something like that, whereas. Suicide doesn't really get that much of a like as far as the research goes of, of how to. No, that's yeah, because so the, there's the idea of physical health versus mental health. Okay. So it's still very stigmatized. In fact, I know that like for example, uh, when someone commits suicide on this island, because we're like what ninety percent Catholic, there's a whole. Is it still that high? It's still ninety. However, eighty to ninety yeah, percent. Yeah. There's this whole lot of machinations that happen about. You know, how should should they have a funeral? You know, it, it's like almost like, oh, you know, um, you talk to the priest and oh, wow. there's it, it, like a, yeah. it's almost like. Um, well, so much for compassion. Well, <laughs> oh, no, stepping on eggshells about suicide. Yeah, yeah. So that, so it's such a, uh, it's such a delicate topic mm. that even in the church, it, it's like, well, you know, uh, it's a mortal sin. What are they, it, you know, we, we were taught. In a Catholic school, if you commit suicide, you go straight to hell. Yeah. So it's it's so many very other things. When it comes to the dogma of it, it's like okay, that's la- ten years ago. Like every few years, things change. Yeah. So it's like, no, but okay. but that but that it, when you hear something like that, yeah, um, it, it's still the old uh, kind of uh, stigma, right? It still remains. It's still very and, taboo. It's probably it very taboo, it. and it still is. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things where when you open the paper and you see a young person, you're like, hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, here in Guam, we know everybody. Right, right. So it's like, hmm. They're like, you yeah. know, 22. What, what, was that some dis- disease or suicide? So. Well, the sad thing is you're seeing the numbers, you know, they're going younger and younger. Yeah, I, I, think, I think part of it, and I don't know if it's the, it happens on Guam too much, but part of it is the internet, the bullying. Mm. So in the States, we'll yeah. see, we'll see, uh, gosh, six-year-olds, seven, eight-year-olds saying they want to kill themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, I, thankfully, they don't succeed. Uh, they, they actually tend to say more than actually attempt. Mm-hmm. But um, to have kids that young yeah. to, to, to say that. So I, I, it may be happening on Guam. I don't see that as often, but I'm sure it's happening. The but it begs to the question of what is happening so horrendous to someone. Because, you know, whether you're, you're hurting yourself or hurting others, yeah. when, when, when people hurt, hurt, hurt people, hurt people, right? That's yeah. what they say. And clearly... I mean, getting to the root, do you think we're doing, is that what we're doing? We're getting to the root of why, what has put someone in a position where they're that, they've run out of hope for just even living. I I don't, can't put a handle it on Guam, why we're still at 36. I I even like 
20, 25 years ago when I first came back to Guam from school, mm-hmm. it was still about 32, 33, um, and we've always still had the highest rate. I, I, I don't know what it is. The thing that I would say is that, um, and I was writing a note before we started, mm-hmm. uh, that to, um, and I might have told you this before in, in, in one of your um, our talks mm-hmm. before, that uh, one of the uh, biggest indicators of, uh, of suicide as being imminent, pretty imminent, is hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Hopelessness. So that's key. So if someone were just depressed, right. um, uh, uh, one of the signs of depression is suicide, among other things. Yeah. So depression, you have uh, poor or excess appetite, uh, poor sleep or excessive sleep, mm-hmm. um, uh, anhedonia, which means things that were pleasurable, that gave you pleasure, doesn't give you pleasure anymore, yeah. uh, lack of energy, uh, feeling sad most of the day, and uh, thoughts of suicide right but it's not necessary to get a depression diagnosis you don't have to have thoughts of suicide right, right? right. so even under depression suicide is uh, uh thankfully even though it's still high it's still rare ish yeah. right yeah. so um so but what kicks people over a depressed person to possible suicide is hopelessness so you take robin williams for example yeah that's a perfect example mm-hmm. he didn't see hope even though he's a funny guy, yeah. even though he had bipolar disorder uh, for, for decades, he's, he managed to take care of it until he was, uh, and this is just what I read, diagnosed with a, a pretty severe uh, uh, neurological disorder that, yeah. would make, that would have rendered him pretty helpless. So helpless, hopeless, equals suicide. Right. Uh, depressed. So remember, bipolar disorder <clears throat> is, uh, is manic depression, which means they're mostly depressed mm. with manic behavior so so he was basically under the comic veneer he mm-hmm. was quite depressed like pretty much all the time even though he was funny that's incredible i actually knowing what i know and i'm watching him mm-hmm. uh, on 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 the johnny carson right. or on jay leno you can see this like the sadness it's a dark sometimes he had a very dark yeah humor. but also i feel like when you get when you're an actor you're a performer you get on your on stage and there's your hour to step out of what you're yeah. really feeling and yeah explore. what you're really feeling because i'll be honest with compartmentalize you compartmentalize it compartmentalize yeah, it he could do but that. for i'm going to just share yeah. a little bit about my experience in going through therapy mm. and going through and what i found i think it's it's all helpful and mm-hmm. i mean whatever you have in your toolbox of, to help yeah. you um, is the more the better but i feel like when i was healing through a childhood trauma mm-hmm. that i didn't even realize i had mm-hmm. until i had flashbacks mm. um, and at first i didn't know you know, I, I thought, well, maybe... Maybe um, it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah I didn't know if it happened because it. it was a flashback. Yeah. So I didn't know if it was... Then I started second-guessing. I'm like, okay, I shouldn't even say anything because this is just a memory. This is just flashes, yeah. you know. So first, not even knowing the validity of a thought. That's... But then... Um, but what I found was because I went to a, um, a therapist, mm-hmm. um, a counselor. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I was a, a dancer and acting in L.A. Mm-hmm. But there was also an... Exp- it was called expression session. It was a class, and I found that it was like therapy for me mm. because literally you'd get up on stage. It was kind of like um, impromptu. Yeah. It was just kind of, but you would get up there and she'd give you like a one-liner, like. But it would always be something that, that resonated. Resonated, yeah. and she would she was like, okay, um, you weren't there for me, and immediately that line would just evoke so much emotion. Uh. And I'm just wondering, like, you know. 
aside from talk therapy, right. do you feel like different, like art therapy, um, dance therapy? Do you think that there are other, or, or even nutrition? Because at the time, oh, I was also yeah. when I was going through a depression. I mean, I. I had an eating disorder. I went through bulimia. Mm. I went through a lot of like really so a lot all of all of your minerals and your self, uh, yeah, yeah. Or but a lot whack, of self um, self kind of self loathing kind of mm-hmm. yeah kind uh, of uh, um, um, you're, you're it's almost like self destructive yeah behaviors behavior. yeah. So I went through like a good couple years of that, and when. Um, I didn't menstruate for like eight years and I didn't know it's like what came first That's the egg part or of, the yeah. chicken right yeah. and I thought well maybe because um, my hormones are off and we don't think sometimes we don't realize that our endocrine system has so much to do mm-hmm. with our mental emotional health oh, as absolutely. well absolutely and it's in fact it's directly Affecting. Can you talk a little bit about that? So, so I'm not an endocrinologist or, or neurologist, but uh, actually, the the my doctor, as I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. is Dr. Horonucci. Actually, he's not. Yes, he's I actually the wellness. Uh, he's a guy. functional. Functional. He's a uh, uh, like med- medicine, functional medicine. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so. Um, I see him too. <laughs> yeah, he actually. Um, uh, he he. Uh, with the the lab tests and the urine tests, whatever it shows, the hormones, mm-hmm. and 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 it made a lot of sense uh, of of things that are lacking and things that, so so there are certain um, pathways in mm-hmm. your in your hormone system that if you're missing, and if you just add a little more, yeah. you, your your um, your your emotions, uh, your stress levels are all related. Yeah, and so, uh, and this, look at women going through menopause. I mean, that's a clear indication yeah. where you know their emotions are all up and down. A little self-disclosure, yeah. A certain yeah. person of And it's of because the hormones are, are going, going through, through such massive, like, transition. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, some, I'm thinking, like, what is this? this yeah. is, <laughs> I'm like, wow. This is lower <laughs> Yeah, yeah, is. yeah. That's, uh, I guess, menstruation. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking, gosh, it's good that men, but I think men kind of go, well, I think men go through it, but not in the dramatic way they do. It's yeah. the lowering of the tos- testosterone. They just, they just uh, uh, respond to it differently. I think men end up being more depressed, actually. Uh, and, and internalizing. Yeah, well, because if you lower your testosterone, that lowers the aggression, uh, and then and then the depression, and then what do you do with your depression, you self-medicate, right. so you get a lot of drinking, uh, a lot of drugs, yeah, uh, drug yeah. use, um, which then leads to uh, a lot raging of these problems and, and a raging arrests, mm-hmm. you know, and, and legal problems, uh, and then actually physical deterioration. So they don't take care of themselves. They have diabetes. They yeah. get kidney disease, liver disease, and they die uh, prematurely. In fact, um, when I first started uh, in the n- late ni- mid to late nineties with um, veterans, uh, PTSD veterans of vi- the Vietnam era, um, a lot of the ve- veterans I was seeing in Hawaii when I was doing my pre-doctor internship, a lot of the veterans were, were uh, high um, having PTSD, but right right beside it is heart disease, uh, kidney disease, liver disease. Uh, a lot of it because they're abuse of their body and just a whole general imbalance. This is a perfect segue mm. to the psychoneuroimmunology. And, and that's probably probably where I first started seeing the connections because in graduate school, uh, in clinical psychology school, they don't teach you Yeah. This it's fairly new stuff. now that it's coming it's out. It's fairly new, like 90s stuff. Um, yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, we were a very behaviorist model, so we basically, we didn't 
talk about emotions too much. We mm-hmm. just look at observable behaviors. And of course, it's a psychology, so it was a medical school. Right, it's psycho- right. a PhD in psychology. But just so, so was- people understand what we're talking about. So with psych- psychoneuroimmunology, it's showing the link between the psych- psychological health, neurological health, and the immun- yeah, yeah, immun- immunological system. The yeah. system. And so, the, so that what I learned was uh, it's not just PTSD that was that was um, um, I mean, it's like uh, it was funny because the VA would come again compartmentalize these veterans. They would say, well, you're going to go see a heart doctor and you're going to go right. see a psychologist for right. your PTSD and you're going to go see a psychiatrist for your psychiatric medicines as well. Kind of yeah, and then you go see the liver and the kidney special. And, and so what we had, were learning about was in the late 90s so we need to actually be more holistic. Um, but, you know, with the with the um, the medical doctors, yeah. it's very hard to convince them. Uh, but there are they now are being a lot more open to mm-hmm. it. Psychologists knew it a long time ago. Right, right. That we could, you know, uh, we, we, this, we see the connection. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and it's all about balance. You fix one area, then hopefully uh, one area gets better, and they all kind of work together. But that's what they found. They've, yeah. they've, they've done the research, and yeah. there's science behind it. They see yeah. that if you uh, help the psychological part of it, the, phys- the uh, yeah. immune... They actually see a change in the, the brain structures yeah. um, uh, with some with psychological uh, therapies. So it was like bi-directional. So you would get like... So the way I see it is this. Uh, uh, attacking a problem in, in two different ways is good. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you're talking about someone's profoundly depressed, what I often say is, let's try to get some psychiatric, uh, maybe some psychotropic medication to kick start them to get them out of the depression and then that gets them more primed to be open to therapy and changes and then vice versa if someone's profoundly depressed um, if I try to get them to psychiatric then I don't want to take some medicine so then I try and and, and, um, work work in a way to, to get them to a point where you need kind of both Approaches yeah. and then also work with the family. So to get them to to do that side to 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 take care of your health, your psychiatric neural health, and also just your psychological health. Right. So either way, if you can get them into not just looking at one way, yeah, you can get them in all ways. Well, I mean, I was blessed in that. You couldn't tell me that I was depressed at the time. I had no idea. I was drinking every day. I was living. You know, it was no. completely self-destructive. So I didn't think. I was depressed, but what got me to even look at that was because I had a physical ailment. Mm. I had ended up at Sinai. I was bleeding uh, internally. So once I took care, cleaned up my gut, went completely raw vegan for a while, took all all sugars, and basically dealt with my gut issue, I was like, wait a minute, I've never felt this kind of like happiness (laughs) before. You know, I always thought that I was kind of just like... This. Yeah, but I didn't realize I was really not in and, very good and shape. And what happened was your 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 gut and then your physical health uh, started to repair your the mental health part, yeah. and you didn't even know it. Right, right. Until you start feeling better, and then you start taking care of yourself better. So and I don't think it was a coincidence because around that same time was when I started having the flashbacks. It was like finally my body was like. I think she's, purging she's itself. at a, right, yeah. and she's at a point where she's okay enough yeah. that we could present her with yeah. this. And, and with time, you were probably more mature. Yeah. So, like maybe when you were twenty-one, it, you weren't ready. Right, yeah. right, right. And 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 uh, and I, to get is back to is that why that happens? Is that why you, you suppress memory? I think people suppress memories and self-medicate for survival reasons. Mm. Again, again, it's an evolutionary thing. So, for example. Um, 
uh, I, I think, uh, it, it, okay, if you have PTSD, mm-hmm. right, if you keep suppressing it and suppressing it, we know that's not good. Right. And then and then you take your alcohol and that's not good. But the, the, what it does is it preserves you because if you just let it all out, you, you may get killed or someone will kill you mm. or you will kill yourself. Right. So evolutionary, your body, your body says, well, well, don't just let, keep this down. Mm. Keep it down and suppress because like if it comes out, who knows what what happens? Yeah. But we all know that that's not good either. But if 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 given a choice, the body tends to try and uh, suppress things because not only society doesn't like just crazy behavior, right, right, right. also our body doesn't like to be revved up so much. Mm. Um, so what what well, do that, that's also dealing with your sympathetic nervous system, right? Because yeah. that's what the other thing. What do people do when they're revved up? They take stuff to break them down, like alcohol, right? Right. And their brains all revved up and hyper. They take ice yeah. to also to... To, to try uh, to regulate Yeah, somehow. exactly. Regulate in some way uh, what's going on with them until and unless they, they really deal with the, the internal, the psychological, and the emotional behavioral stuff. So at the end of the day, it's about whatever tool you take, but to coming back to, you know, it, it's about relationships. And the first most important rela- relationship is a p- relationship with yourself. So, which would mean you got to admit to yourself yeah. that you need help, right? And, and and people are people who get stuck aren't even there yet, mm-hmm. um, because I I meet so many people uh, whether it's through court or through private or whatever um, who are uh, not even there yet, and and they'll just continue to be sick, they'll continue to be users, mm. they'll continue to be violent mm. until and unless they start that. Uh, internal dialogue yeah and and, and uh, everyone's different on how they find their way exactly. you're different yeah I'm different we're right. all different so right you just hope earlier you're talking a little bit about the evolution you know we were just speaking initially about the masculine feminine feminine mm-hmm. men and women you know caveman back in the day and yeah. how we've evolved um, on the topic of stress um, I've read before and heard another um, uh, podcast and whatnot mm-hmm. just about how right now, are with everything we're exposed to the amount of stress that we take on okay it's like being in that fight or flight constantly yeah. which drains our adrenals which does wreaks yes. havoc basically yes which is probably uh, when when i did that take the blood test the hormone test i would suspect that everyone's cortisol level yeah it's pretty I, high mine, mine was as well yeah and that and that we if uh, without knowing it our body tries so hard to get in balance and, 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 and unfortunately with me, when I'm under stress, I'm a stress eater. Mm. And then there are people who are stress drinkers. Right, right. There are people who are stress drug right. uh, users. Mm-hmm. So my choice is, is or food. Or social media. <laughs> or social media or Whatever's TV. Gonna you feel or is addiction, gonna porn addiction soothe, or gambling right. addiction, right? right? So whatever you... Whatever you self-soothe. Yeah, you try and self-soothe, try and balance yourself out. Um, and and, and, and uh, so... So we find we find it. We have to uh, identify it, and um, and then once we get back in balance. So if when you start to kind of remove uh, all the addictions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you start to uh, cleanse and get get clean. Um, you can just kind of face it and and uh, realize it and move forward and and get help. Yeah. And and, and it starts with um, assessing. Uh, like either blood test or, 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 or seeing a psychologist or a therapist mm-hmm. and, and, and you got to make that step and a lot of people that I meet they're just not even there yet they're not even ready 
to admit it. Well, and, and remember, I told you earlier, it's it, it, it's a protective mechanism. Yeah. It's very interesting because when I start to talk about that with, with people, and even though I'm only, sometimes I'm only seeing them for an hour, or an, I, I, I'm often fearful of of, um, of opening something I can't close. How do you mean? In other words, if... It, just the other day, I was talking with someone, everything's going good, and in the end, I started talking about, I said, what about this relationship? What happened? And then they started talking about how it ended up tragically, and I was like, oh, I, it was like an hour and a half already. I said, darn it, I opened up something. Oh, a focusing on the Yeah, negative. a trauma or negative, right. and that he, would, he had already kind of gone through it. Wow. It, was, it happened 18 years ago, but I reopened, and he started to, and I was sitting there going, oh. But do you think we that, were, that is, We were actually closing but is the that, session, and but we're is just that about to go healing? home. Is that healing, or is that something where if you continue to, you know, how they say visit your past but don't live there. Don't take, a, don't start up paying rent. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know what's better. I couldn't tell you what's better. I just know that if you live the moment, yeah, and you've gone through a trauma, mm-hmm. and you kind of like, and it took my 18 years ago for this person. By the way, I told you this before. PTSD sometimes it's 60, 70 years. Yeah, people say. Yeah. So they go through stretches of years of like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Then, then it pops up again. It's just like, oh, why did I have to think yeah. about it again? So quick example, a current example is a, the Kobe Bryant thing. Yeah. So like I thought I was good, like he's died a month ago. Mm-hmm. And then this the the um, memorial service is on TV today. Oh, it was. Yeah. So I said, don't watch it. Don't watch it. You don't want to worry about it. It's just, it's just Kobe Bryant. He's just a... You know, he's a basketball player. He does. So I I'm just crying. So that I mean, it's corny. I mean, no, it, it's but, not. but I mean, it's but human. I mean, but it's human. <laughs> but it's human. But it was like you know, I didn't want to go there. Yeah. Because I'm good. Yeah. And so that's why I think people with their traumas. Right. I'm not equating the death of Kobe Bryant for me as a trauma. But I'm saying the traumas that yeah. people actually suffer. They they work so hard to get through it. But whether it, whether it's good or bad. But for someone empathic, it is just as because I could see like. You would be surprised. I see like boonie dogs who are like skin and bones, and I'm like, I'm in my car, like, oh, I forgot bringing to bring dog food in my trunk today. You know what I mean? So I mean, oh. I don't think it's re- you know, <laughs> hey, it's who we are. But, but but yeah, I mean, there's extremes. One yeah. Way or another. But the idea would be that I think a lot of people, uh, without getting any therapy, they just get through it. Yeah. Whether they use drugs and alcohol. Right. Right. And and sometimes they just they just say to themselves. I'm done. I'm, I, I, I'm done. I'm over it. And then when I'm talking with them and I reopen it, yeah. it's like, oof, how do I reclose close well, it again? See, so like, I spend a little more time to process it with them yeah. and just close it back up. But that that's, but that's that's real, and that's something that it says to me that that's why they're here in yeah. front of me. That that's just. Even though that wasn't what we're talking about, yeah. that's part and parcel of that individual, why they're here in the Absolutely. first place. For so. me, what I found is when I could talk about something and no longer get emotional about it, it's no longer, mm. I'm no longer holding it. Mm. And that's when I'm able to release the story. Mm. But until that point, mm. I'm probably going to repeat the story, you know, if I have a breakdown or whatnot, it's like, and if the story still comes yeah. up, I still need to heal in whatever way, yeah. you know. So for me, it's been like, yeah, sometimes I tell, you know, because I've read a lot about, you know, with Abraham Hicks and the whole, like, new, uh, Hicks. Mm. Abraham Hicks. So basically, it's, it's very much of a, I don't even know how, how to describe her, but she's all about not getting stuck in the story. Okay. And okay. living in the present, you know, and, and whatnot. And yeah, that's, it's definitely words to, to, to live by, but for some, it's not that easy to just no. be like, okay, no. you know, you can't just be like, that happened, although it was 
30 years ago, if you haven't addressed it, it's yeah. as, as fresh as yesterday. And, 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 and I don't know if we're wrapping up, but the idea would be that um, it, it's more complicated because it, if you have um, multiple traumas, mm-hmm. that complicates it more. Right, right. So the, 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 gentleman, the gentleman that I was talking to, that's just one in a series of deaths mm-hmm. and stuff. And lots of stuff. Yeah. So that's why yeah. it's entangled in this thing. So when it came up, it's not, the story is still there. And yeah. I don't think it'll go away because it's entangled in there. In their well, life. I wonder, you know, when they talk about um, a conscious awareness of being in the present moment, I mean, that's why the whole thing with yoga and meditation is about, or even chanting, or, you know, when you're in prayer or saying the rosary. Mm. Uh, about being in the moment. Yeah. About focusing. Yeah. Because you're so involved. The mantra. Yeah. It just it's keeps root, you. It keeps you focused on the moment. At least having, I think I read about, at least the first 30 minutes of your day should be uh, put on reserve just for those kinds of uh, Well, the practices. meditation and present focus stuff uh, is not, and the research is showing that actually works with almost every single mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, PTSD especially, because you they're stuck in the past. Yeah. The trauma, traumatic yeah. past. you got to just keep reminding them that this is the year 2020, it's February, let's go with what's going on now. Yeah. So, and that works also with um, you know, people who, uh, who are having uh, you know, um, what do you call it? Even depression, uh, anxiety, especially anxiety. It's like, look, what's going on? You High get, percentage. You of get anxiety. them be, you get them aware of what's going on, and yeah. then handling it there yeah. instead of feeling like, oh my God, I'm like going to die right now. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Well, I just wanted to close with this because yeah. I found this to be quite astonishing. According to the National Science Foundation, an average person has about twelve thousand to sixty thousand thoughts per day. Of those, eighty percent are negative, and ninety-five percent are repetitive thoughts. Wow. If we repeat those negative thoughts, we think negative way more often than we think positive. So it's basically about deprogramming and yeah. reprogramming. I mean, really making the conscious effort and not just be like, oh, think positive, love and light, love and light. But no, no. to actually resonate and energetically like come from that That's space. what therapy is. See, that's why we get paid <clears throat> because even though if you read that, yeah. you have to just train yourself to replace the alternative uh, yeah. thoughts uh, with all the destructive thoughts that, that's basically been plaguing your life forever. Yeah. I used to do this whole thing. I would clap my hand, like do something physical and say cancel, cancel. Like if I felt it coming on, be like cancel, cancel. And then try to switch it up with something. That's thought stopping. Yeah, just, oh, so that's an actual yeah, that's, that's, okay. a, that's, a, that's a something. <laughs> an actual technique. That's what we teach people with ah. PTSD and anxiety. OCD. Okay. Especially OCD. Wow. Thank you so much. It's always so enlightening to have you in to speak about. Oh, so, so look at that. Hi. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much. Audience. <laughs> and thank you. You can catch this show and all others of Conscious Living with the KUAM Podcast Network on Spotify, Pandora, SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. Peace out.